Welcome to What's Cooking in Hell's Kitchen, the officially unofficial podcast for Daredevil on Netflix. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we're talking about season two, episode four, titled Penny and Dime this week. What do you think of this episode? This week? I, I meant today. Sure. I, I get into a groove on these things <laughs> and I forget myself. Uh, I... I I don't know, man. It's uh, there's a lot that I liked about it. There's one or two things I'm scratching my head about, and there's one there's a couple things I'm not really digging. Um, so okay. it's kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, I, I agree. This this episode is somewhere in the middle for me. Mm-hmm. Some some stuff to love, some stuff to really kind of dislike a lot. <laughs> Well, I don't know. So I feel like we're going to have some disagreements. uh, uh, We have differences of opinion. And I've thought a lot about what I think your biggest problem is the episode. And I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate because I still lean towards you, but I've gotten some different thoughts on it. Mm -hmm. But I think I feel it feels like four episodes in that there are a lot of really nice set pieces, both emotionally and physically with action uh, yeah. that I'm enjoying, but I just don't feel like they're getting to all of them in a direct route from A to B. Yeah. And it could be that I'm intentionally supposed to feel that way. And they're going to fill some of this stuff in later, um, or they're putting off some of these confrontations. Uh, but it's, ha- it, it's really keeping me from fully engaging with the series. Yeah, me too. Um, and, and maybe I'm just, not remembering those things about season one because so much of it was good and I it's been a year and I overlook them now. Yeah. But season two to me has felt so far in the first four episodes weak by comparison. Uh they've done they've done the really cool fight stuff and that's been great, but I feel like some of the plot stuff has just not been like you said, the dots haven't been connected the way that in a way that makes a lot of sense. Hmm. I don't know I I call it weak but not as not as compelling. And I don't know, because that's the other thing is like last uh, last year, I essentially watched in two large chunks. Right. And I feel like binging is always pro show uh, mm-hmm. because if you know, if, if you're not if the show's bad, you're not going to binge it. So, you know, open and shut case. But the show's good, even if you have an uneven one or like, oh, I don't know what I'm going if, – if they finally get around to delivering the goods, you tend to remember that. Right. And, and the act of, like, the enjoyment of just, like, the compulsive, addictive. And judging by feedback, it seems like a lot of the fans uh, have have already hoovered up the series. Um, but okay. to avoid, like, spoiling myself and, and the, the podcast, I've, I've tried to keep up with the uh, – you know our, our podcast schedule, so I don't know. But mm-hmm. it could be that slowing it down doesn't do the show any favors either. Yeah, that's probably part of it because the show is easy to watch. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it, it's there's nothing like I'm slapping my head and I'm like, oh, this is garbage. It's it's just like okay, this is interesting, but you know, still I'm looking at okay. Like, like for the, there's one plot line that I think is sort of garbagey. Okay, it came out of the dumpster. Do you want to do you want to talk about that up front? Why not? Okay. Why not? Sure. There are a lot of other things I like about this episode, but let's talk about the bullshit up front. Okay. Uh, Penny of Penny. God damn it. Why do I want to call her Penny? Penny and Dime. Karen and uh, Matt's relationship. This is this is bullshit. This is all bullshit, man. Why aren't they talking about the elephant in the room, which is Matt's potential alcoholism? Okay. She... As far as I can tell, Karen thinks that he's an alcoholic and that the reason he's been calling off work is because he's been getting too drunk to function 
and he's mm-hmm. had hangovers and he's feeling terrible. And as we At mentioned the, last episode, that led to a direct cons- a consequence to their law firm and to their client. Right. At the very least, he's, for some reason, neglecting his duties as uh-huh. a lawyer, as, as a partner of this company. Yeah. Why hasn't Karen addressed any of that with him? And instead, they're having these moments that don't make sense, giving the reservations they sh- that she should have about Matt. Uh-huh. She just doesn't have any of them, and they're kissing in the rain Spider-Man style. Uh-huh. It's, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's bad. All right. So I've, I, I lean mostly towards your opinion, but I'm going to play devil's advocate. Okay. Um, how many friends with drinking problems have you had? Uh, at least one. How confrontational were you with them? How, how invested did I get with them? How about that? Well, but I'm saying, like, if you've got a person who's... You I, might I, think... wasn't, I, I wasn't trying to dig myself deeper into that relationship, I can tell you that. Well, were you sexually attracted to that person? No. Did they save no. your life, arguably, and give you a job at their law firm? No. What I'm trying to say is that I, it might be that we are – what we're wanting to happen would be unrealistic, that a person who in a matter of days – you know, we don't know how long ago Foggy said that he's got a, you know, a drinking problem. But she did confront him last episode. Right. Hair of the dog is, that bit you, and they, he said nothing, and that should still be a lingering issue for her. But is it is it realistic to expect a person like Karen to yes. double down and have another confrontation yes. literally today? I don't Someone I don't like Karen? Absolutely. She is not a passive person. Not in any way. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I agree that it's realistic for a person to have a confrification and the exact next day have another But don't say a it's, person. Say Karen. And okay, Karen, I don't, it's I don't, not I, realistic yeah, for her I to don't, get deeper into this relationship without expressing those reservations. Uh, I think that, yes, a person like Karen could do that. And I also think in the context that the next time she sees him is the funeral – that you know he's cleaned up and he's looking nice and he's 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 talking contrition and like Foggy's not pi- dog piling on him. When and do you see Karen backing down from confrontation? I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you know I also oh. haven't seen her take on her friends. It's like a real diff- It's different to take on someone who's trying to kill you or like a you know s- some tool of the state that's trying to press you, right? Versus a person that you feel already intimate with. <laughs> And also, this like this but, shit happens but every you day. Don't, you also don't just go willy nilly into these types of relationships if you have those reservations. I'm saying they are not having Karen in any way express reservations about Matt at this point. She's she's a hundred percent on board with kissing Matt and getting into a relationship with Matt. Like all of this is just coming too easy for someone who should have reservations and and does. I mean, we saw that in episode two. Yeah, no. I mean, again, I mean, I'm not, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I feel like I'm leaning mostly towards you. It's just like I don't know that we know Karen that well that we can categorically say that she would force this confrontation with a guy like Matt who is. But you're getting stuck on forcing the confrontation. I'm saying at the very least she shouldn't be getting deeper into this relationship mm. because there should be this nagging thing about Matt being. A, a drunk and not being able to perform his duties at the job and like that causing problems for her personally and professionally all of that shit should be in her head and it doesn't appear to be at that moment well, also I think taking him to a fucking bar and hanging out at a bar is not a good thing for an alcoholic yeah that's the thing and i i feel like that's where your criticism strongest that like even if you say she shouldn't have a confrontation 
Um, it's a lot easier to be like, ah, you know what? I got things to do. You know, I got to get up early tomorrow. Yeah, you know, instead we've... of enabling him. Like, that's, yeah. that's the worst. Yeah. And I, uh, I don't see Karen as either of those things. But it's weird, too, because I think she's getting conflicting conflicting messages because Foggy, his best friend, who's the one that expressed a concern, is the one that's leading the charge with the more shots. So it could be that she feels right. kind of caught between, like, you know, how big a problem is this? And... But they're not expressing it. I wish they would do something to indicate that Karen is having reservations about all of this. Both the relationship, well, that's both where I, the way I, she's I enabling him. I disagree with you because they did have a fairly, you know, awkward confrontation about it the day before. But nothing was resolved. Showtime. Nothing yeah, was resolved. Yeah, that's the way it was ignored. Goes. And so now she's okay with it. Is that what you're no, saying? No, I'm saying that like in a person, any personal relationship, it takes a certain amount of personal courage and and uh, willpower, capital to confront a friend about an issue. And uh-huh. that you know you're going, it, it's going to have to build back up before it becomes an issue again. Now, you, again, your point about getting deeper but, into the relationship and enabling the behavior—that's what I mean. It's it's not all about the confrontation. I don't need to see necessarily like a big, I guess, to do about it. But I need to see it on her face that my, she's thinking about this. My things. question is, how much of this is even coming up in the writers' room? Because if a lot of That's this stuff about what I'm saying about human nature is something that they're baking in and this is going to be an ongoing thing that has to – that's eventually going to build up tension that has to be resolved, well and good. And and uh-huh. I guess I'm getting – that's the real frustration is I feel like more and more of these things are piling up where I'm like, well, I guess if you know this whole 13-episode right. stretch is balls to the wall crazy and you, know, you have to excuse yeah. a couple of shortcuts and, and things like that. But, you know – you know, the, the, like this Finn character, they introduce him as this badass who might be a potential villain for like a mini arc, uh-huh. and like you know that oh, what's you know the, they they had this mystery of the guy getting his hand cut off, and the fact that that is comes up and is put to bed in a single episode, it did a lot, I think, to hurt the storytelling. As far as you know, these guys essentially go to two different dudes with a shotgun and say, "Tell us where the Punisher's at," and they show up at the Punisher's. <laughs> spot like well they they figured it out i mean it wasn't like so the guy this finn character i get it that i'm not sure that i'd want to see 20 minutes of them investigating and figuring out but i'm saying like there is a lot of shortcuts being taken and i'm not sure to what end i don't think it's a shortcut the finn character shows up at punisher's place right yes i I don't know how they found that's what i'm saying punisher no one does it's just like uh, murmur murmur they found punisher but but right but then when they find Punisher's place it's all about the the carousel tickets right it's the the Central Park carousel tickets no 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 they, they, he knows about yeah the Punisher and who Frank Castle is and what they did to him he knows about all that so he knows okay that's where this guy is and who he is and but getting to the that's right the getting thing. to like, his lair I don't, to find the clue I don't know they how. had to get to the lair so they can find the clue they had to find the clue so they can confront Frank and also did right. Frank want this to happen. Because when why he, was he sitting at the carousel? When he dug, when he dug, when he dug the razor blade out of his arm, right? I'm right. like, this implies that he intended all this to happen, and he set the bomb inside the money, so he had all these like the razor Joker, blade in the arm is fucking stupid, man. They, I didn't like that at all. They had all this Joker esque planning that the villains had to do what they had to do and he had to do what he had to do so they can get the circumstance that he wanted. And even then he had to count on what he didn't, the daredevil coming to save him or it all would have been for naught anyway. 
And it's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot of, like, really loose storytelling going on. Super loose. And that's why I say that the that a lot of it is a problem, because I just don't think they... It's not that they don't care. It's that they're not thinking about these things. Um, they also but, introduce... But that, that razor blade, like you yeah. said when we were watching it, it's a good thing they didn't tie him up with a chain. Like, oh, I don't know, he did the Daredevil last episode. Yeah, right. Otherwise, your razor blade is in your arm for no fucking reason, dude. Or I'd like to see a man cut through like a a, a uh, one of those rat belts or one of those zip ties designed for the purpose with uh, a double edged safety razor blade too. <laughs> like I'd like it, to get to it see seems you get the leverage to cut through about a half inch zip tie. You know, it's like it's it's good thing they they tied him up with duct tape. Right. It seems like one of those master plans that only works in very specific circumstances. That's the criticism. And, That's why the Dark Knight don't watch it too many times because right. you start thinking, how the fuck did the Joker know all the things he had to know to engineer his own escape multiple times? Like, yeah. You know, and then I feel like that this didn't even pass first blush because it's like, wait a minute, it it in you know that we got some feedback to where like maybe intentionally or unintentionally they're aping the plot line of the Dark Knight with the Punisher trying to turn the Daredevil and putting right. in these moral predicaments. I wonder if they just went down that a little too far. Yeah, it seems like there might be a little hand waving because oh, it's a superhero thing, mm-hmm. and this is just how superhero things go. Me personally, I don't like quote-unquote superhero things mm-hmm. all that much mm-hmm. so when i see that stuff it makes me roll my eyes whereas no, most I don't. people might not I'm, no i'm not gonna uh, that's like if you know you're a fan of shitty comic book that's fine but like you know i'm i'm more a fan of of comics that hold together and, and have things like uh you know a beginning a climax and a resolution <laughs> right. and they all directly connect standard to each tor- other yeah st- standard storytelling stuff yeah so and then i think there's other things like there's some interesting things they're doing with the punisher like they're implying that maybe the district attorney Riaz is somehow behind some cover-up that involves this big government conspiracy and Frank's got brain damage and they tried to disconnect him from a heart-lung machine and then he miraculously resurrected after a minute of being dead and then she followed Mm -hmm. this lead back to his house and there's a silent alarm that trips and then there's a van full of black-suited goons that somehow can't capture an amateur breaking and entering artists like they come there and they i mean they're they're government black suited goons yeah you would think they'd know how to form a perimeter but she just slips out and doesn't say it it really bugged me um you know because one of my pet peeves is when people in a television show don't tell people things they should tell each other (laughs) okay however the one thing that is kind of making me i've thought about this a lot and i'm like it might be that they are setting up these three characters that they all have that same flaw Mm-hmm. You know, the Foggy, Matt, and Karen are the types that are hiding aspects of what they're doing from each other to their detriment. And, you know, maybe they're forging a, a three-way alliance that we're going to see at the end of the season where everybody knows what everybody's doing and everybody has their lane and they can kind of specialize and, and, and conquer. But, you know, like we said, Matt's the, you know, Matt's the brawler on the street, Foggy's the brawler in the courtroom, and Karen... Is the breaking and entering, or she's the ninja? I don't, I don't know where she fits in, but I don't those, have as much a problem than not telling each other things because that seems to be what these people do. They keep secrets from each other, right? But for specialists to be effective, they need to talk to other specialists. That's the whole point. Well, that's what I'm saying. But I don't think so, that dynamic has been established. The dynamic has been these people are self reliant uh, loners with 
complicated backgrounds that they didn't get enough parental love or or whatever and mm-hmm. they're been thrown together by fate and circumstance and they're oh. gonna have to learn you know even foggy doesn't trust matt matt doesn't trust foggy or karen to protect themselves or look after themselves or even make decisions in their own interest with full information that's like one of the themes of it's like a, almost a paranoia amongst the heroes and I so okay. I, I I'm not going to crack too down too hard on that. Although I'll say that if they don't resolve that shit by season, you know, by the end of this season, I got some question marks with season three. Yeah, I mean, I do get the feeling that they're trying to preserve some of the some of the nature of their relationship by not moving obvious things forward. Uh, which to me, I, I don't like that sort of that tire spinning i'm also thing. like i thought what some of the better things in last season were matt's relationship with his priest and i feel like that's really spinning its wheels too really like it feels like they've settled into a relationship to me rather than rather than it's spinning its wheels that feels a little more satisfying to me really? like the preachers come to terms with what matt's doing but they're just talking in generalities and like you know guilt and but but that's and does the priest approve of that's what's how Matt these doing priests are not? going to speak right they're not going to tell you don't do the thing you're doing that's bad they're i don't know if to me a priest speaking in generalities is fine i don't have a problem with it hmm. they, they're both they both understand each other and i i don't i i like that relationship I don't, I don't have a problem with that one okay uh and i don't have a problem with the way karen gets out of this house like she had the jump on these guys she saw him coming go out the back door okay uh but I do like the way that they unveiled kind of what's going on here in the episode, how people are finding Punisher. But, yeah, but uh, why before Punisher we move on, I just want to say that, like, you're saying you don't have a problem with Karen, but you're essentially treating the black suited goons as a as a replacement level for a police cruiser that just pulls up to check things out. If this is a government agency that's gone to the trouble to you know set something up with with Frank's house, which again, why? Why is this house like a hermetically sealed shrine to the Castle family? Why are the question. bills being paid? Why are they right. like, wh- you know, why isn't this house being cleaned out and sold? So it's Frank's house. Um, I assume he's doing the bill paying. I assume this is where he would live if he weren't a vigilante. That's what I'm saying. But everyone, I mean, that's but that's an open secret amongst the government agency. And I think even Riaz, we're supposed to understand, knows that Frank Castle is the Punisher. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe they're hoping he'll come back. Too. Oh, yeah. Well, OK. So if that's what they're hoping, then it really doesn't make sense that they send one van who just kind of pulls up inconspicuously. <laughs> right. Because it could be on. Frank. That should be a fucking full on SWAT team that's like surrounding yeah. and encircling. Yeah. Because if it's Frank, then those guys are all dead. Yeah. Uh, with prejudice. C- certainly. So it's like there. This is just the well, yeah. it's a it's a lone reporter girl type thing and we can take her. Not seriously, you know? Like, no, you send right. in agents from the Matrix to handle this. You don't send in the, <laughs> your jurisdiction shit, guys. That's not going to fly. Um, Fair enough. But I, I, I like the way they unveil Punisher's backstory here a little bit. Like, yeah, uh, you get glimpses of it, right? You get these uh, Central Park tickets, and you're like, oh, what's what's going on with that? Why does this, why does this Finn guy understand that? Uh, you get, like, pictures of children and... You know, th- this whole penny and dime thing obviously ties into that. Yeah, well, so what do you, what is, that's the central mystery is what the fuck happened at this carousel that Some the kind gangster of right. immediately knows what the significance is and also he knows about Frank's family and yet yeah, at the end when he's like, who cares? Yeah. Um, 
I'm, we, we aren't supposed to know yet. No. Um, yeah, they're, they're, that's, that's a mystery that I know we're not supposed to know and yes. we're supposed to be curious about. And I'm, you know, I'm sure that they'll follow up on it. And that worked. I, I thought, yeah. you know, give, giving us the emotion of it without necessarily giving us the full backstory, like the exact details works for me. Yeah. Um, but I, I really just – I like the way the episode played out. I thought it was a little heavy-handed with uh, Karen, you know, having to go into the kids' rooms and all this stuff. And, like, it, it got almost a little too much for me. Like, Why, we get it. So? We fucking get it. Because at at the point that they they showed the carousel, the picture of the family at the carousel, mm-hmm. I was like, well, I already fucking know this. But I guess that's the third stage reveal where it's like, well, and, and for all you, yeah. all you people who didn't get it, bonk, here it is over your head. Well, also, I think that they've made this Punisher out to be a fairly unsympathetic person. So a lot of Karen dwelling on the family stuff was to soften us up for Berenthal's speech. Because imagine if none right. of that happened and he's just sobbing <laughs> at the... Him and Daredevil are sobbing at the grave. It would have uh-huh. been like, what? So it's like, in it, in the moment, it's like kind of what the fuck, but I do feel like they were softening you up for the emotional payload that, that sure. happens at the graveyard. And like I said, don't have a huge problem with it. It, it just got a little heavy-handed for me, but... But I, I liked everything else about the un- unveil there. Let's it's, uh, Speaking of sloppy storytelling, so the governor, or not the governor, Jesus, uh, wrong show, wrong season, wrong wrong storytelling device. Did you just warp back three I years did. in time? I did. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the Berenthal, man. Berenthal connection. Okay. So you've got the Daredevil. He's not even he- in that season. <laughs> I'm not defending okay. it. Fair, so, so, fair. So you got the daredevil uh, who, who tracks down the Punisher at the carousel. Well, he's too late, but he tracks that down because he overhears the sergeant. Which I'll tell you one thing I do like in this, what they're doing, is they're finding any excuse to bathe Matt in bloody red light. Yeah. Like, I noticed that in the basement level of the stair fight last episode. I noticed that when he's talking to uh, the sergeant in this episode. They've always got him flooded in red light, and I, I like that visual motif. Uh-huh. Um, but he overhears the sergeant getting a call that there's shots fired by the carousel. So he follows that there. He gets he, there somehow before the cops. Right. D- Daredevil doesn't drive he's, a car, he's, right? He's, but he's, you know, New York City. He's running across rooftops. It's a lot better than having to drive 50, 20 blocks of traffic. Who knows? Well, right. Um, so he gets there uh, and he interrogates this Irish punk who has been inexplicably left for dead by his compatriots. Yeah. Well, like, oh, he's going to bleed out. Just leave him here? What What the fuck, man? Like, yeah, bring him with. Um, so he goes and he's able to interrogate him. And he's like, you're bleeding out. I've got all night. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe they're gonna. he's going to appeal to the, the punk's baser na- nature. How but about you're the... bleeding out? I have a time limit to get this info out of you. Well, not only that, <laughs> but the cops are coming. You can hear the sirens in the distance. I'm like, if I was that punk, I'd be like, fuck you. They're going to take me to the hospital. Yeah. What are you going to do? Drag him away? I don't know. And keep them pun- like, but the cops yeah. were like right there, and I'm so I'm like, I I guess he in in the in the thirty seconds he had managed to beat the rest of the information out of the punk, right? Um, twist his arm so far that he finally gave in. Yeah, the three stage twist here is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Yeah. That leads him to, and the other thing is like, I felt like the sense of place was really up in the air because it wasn't immediately obvious that they were in some kind of crypt mausoleum facility okay. which made them it, it starts it off it seem, in just a single square room right nondescript yeah and there's like tunnels and stuff but then right. then when daredevil's dragging a punisher to a 
graveyard. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Is he taken into his family's plot? What's? <laughs> and then I realized that, okay, they were in him because also I think the Punisher at one point grabs a wooden coffin lid and uh-huh. uses it for a shield. So that all made sense. But I felt like they could have done some maybe establishing shots of the, of right. the Daredevil like slipping into the graveyard to let us know that this is what's going on. It was slightly confusing. Uh, but once again, you know, a really good fight fighting scene here a good set piece and i think uh punisher and daredevil working together worked really well for me uh i enjoyed seeing that a lot even though you know they're not on the same team now they're they're just yeah they got to get out of this situation of my enemy and uh it's also the action was cool and the gag of matt constantly saving these thugs from frank's you know, it's great. Increasingly These... desperate attempts to kill them yeah. it was, was amusing as well. And I, I don't know that he would have been able to, to handle that at the, like simultaneously with whipping ass, but mm-hmm. Frank is half incapacitated here, right? Sure. He's been drilled through the foot. He has a non-functional got, foot. Uh, almost. I mean, he's a Marine and he's toughing through it and, yeah. you know, pain be damned. But, but he's pretty gimpy. Like he's he is. Not, he's limping. He's got a bum wheel. Right. And, and he's been beat up and he's not feeling great. Uh-huh. But it was really awesome. And these rods that he's throwing, these little throwing rods, what are they made out of? They must be made out of some kind of metal. They they don't look hollow. They look like they're pretty heavy. I've always assumed that, 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 that it's essentially Matt. Those are Matt's blind rods that he takes apart. It's like dual huh. purpose. Okay. Um, I don't know that. It's not like comic lore. It might be like the Ben Affleck movie lore, but I feel like that there's some that that's kind of like you know he's always got it seem like three of them, and they're always that same kind of shape. But there's some kind of metal rod. Mm-hmm. Um, is this like a a standard Daredevil weapon, like an established thing that yes, he does? He has these baton things okay. that he keeps on his thigh, and I feel like that there's some uh, in in the comics he had, they're kind of like bat cables too that they have some like thin. And I don't know huh. if that's coming, but there's like a thin steel wire that he can use to wrap him around and swing from building to building, a little Spider-Man style, Bolo style stuff, or yeah, whatever, and he can whatever do they're called. The, you know, the, and maybe I'm wondering if the chain from last episode is going to give him that idea, and like that's something huh. that Melvin is going to whip up for him later on. Like you know, he's going to get a, a fully established Daredevil get up by, by the end of this. But yeah, Melvin seems to be morphing into like uh, just the idea man too. Yeah, his cue. Like, hey, I got a new yeah. His Q or his uh, whoever uh, Morgan Freeman plays in Batman. Yeah. What's his name? I don't remember. Don't try to cross franchises on me right now. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, he is... I also like the fact... I don't know. That, so what did you think of his new helmet? Because it was visually different. It's it's a, a lighter bit, yeah. shade of red. Mm-hmm. And it might even have a little bit different design elements to it. I, I don't know. It's made out of carbon tubes. I think they mean carbon people nanotubes. Get, people get so sensitive about the look of the costume. Like See, honestly, I don't give a fuck as long as it doesn't look oh, you ridiculous. Give a fuck. You get like he could look ridiculous. Wait, 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 wait. Right, he could certainly look fucking ridiculous. But the variation between helmet one and helmet two is so fucking minuscule. If you're getting worried about that, I do. You got problems. Well, <laughs> I've got problems because there's something about the shade of reds clashing for me. And I will I say this: uh, Who cares? Everything below Matt's neck is uh. awesome. It looks badass. It looks cool. It looks like a plausible daredevil. There's something about this helmet, and I think I've isolated it. His eyes—you can see his eyes behind the reflection. <laughs> like you can see him when he's blinking and shit, and it uh-huh. looks weird. It, it's okay. like in, there's a couple times in the original Star Wars you can see David Prowse. Uh, fucking face 
through Vader's visor, and it's like that's weird, man. That's really it's it's strange. I don't. I'm not supposed to see it, and I'm seeing it. You know, all right. Like he needs. I get what you're saying. I just don't care. Uh, it doesn't bother that, me. Fix that in dig- unless they unless they want you to see him blinking in his eyes a little bit as the, to help him like with his performance. Right. But I don't. It's distracting to me. I don't like it. If I were Charlie Cox, I would want them to go opaque with the eyes because that can't be easy to constantly perform like you're blind. Uh, I, I would want them to to not be able to. I would want scenes where I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I don't have to look at the middle distance all the time. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh, so I would be pushing for a get me a costume where you can't see my eyes. B put me in that costume a lot on screen. <laughs> you know, I bet it'd be pretty easy to fit to make contacts that just have an opaque black dot right where your pupils are that would make him look completely normal, but would render him blind if they wanted to make that easy for him. Oh, I'm sure they can make him blind. Right. Although that would look like a that that would look like a sighted person who. Is 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 blinded rather than a blind person who's gotten you know it's like right I'm I'm impressed by his performance yeah. as, as blind like it's, I think it's good it's impressive it's a little looser this season than I thought it was last season but it's okay. still good it's 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 what I would think uh, especially you know when he's in daredevil mode who gives a shit because he's essentially sees better than we do right but when he's trying to ha- pretend I mean I, I guess that's the the real struggle for him is he has to pretend like he's blinder than he is. When yeah. he's out in public and dealing with people, that must be, you know, like f- f- pretend like you've got an injury, like you've got a or to remember that you've got a bad leg, or right? you've been drilled through the foot. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like in real <laughs> life, like try to go a whole day limping on the same leg when you don't have a problem. Yeah, like that must be a pretty, you know, that a, a certain amount of discipline he has to have to pull that off. I'm, I'm talking about right. in real quote unquote daredevil life, not. Charlie Cox is the actor. And to get it to the point where it's second nature to you and you're able to act in a scene and show the right emotions while still doing all that stuff. Yeah. That's tough. Uh, we got we got confirma- confirmation of, that uh, Frank is a Marine. We figured as much with his simplified stuff with Maury last episode. Yeah. Um, I did like, Matt, we talked about this already, the invasion of the Irish stronghold because it's very Batman and Predator mode. He's, like, he's leaping out of the shadows and beating the shit out of guys. Yep. Um, and I do. So you're not ba- bothered by the way he's able to bounce these batons off surfaces with perfect accuracy. Nah, Good. He's, I, a, he's a fucking superhero. Okay. I think it's awesome, and the effect he's they Captain use America. is really cool. Okay. Cool. Bouncing right. a shield off shit. All right. Uh, I grew up with the Captain America comics, so I'm very used to people bouncing stuff off walls. <laughs> okay. With supernatural precision. Okay. Because like I I completely buy that, and I think it's it's pretty sweet. It gives him a little bit of a ranged attack that he yeah. needs when he's going against guys with guns. Right. Because that was my thing with the uh, Dogs of War fight or Dogs of Hell fight last. It's like, man, it's a good thing nobody once you got past the top floor has a gun. Mm-hmm. He'd be fucked, Matt. But no, he's got those batons, and he knows how to use them. Uh, what else we want to talk about? Uh, the graveyard so Melvin, scene. I, I don't want to leave Melvin too quickly. Okay. Um, apparently, so now he's wearing body armor because he's getting, uh, he's feeling the danger. He's feeling the heat. And a Gotta lot be of strong his, for Betsy. A lot of his old friends are quote unquote friends are contacting him to try and get him to make armor to, to whatever, to outfit them because of all the shit that's been going down in hell's kitchen lately. Do you think he's telling Matt the truth? That he's turning all this down. Because I felt that's like a fair question. I the thing don't is, know. These guys have really awkward chemistry. They do. Yeah. 
And I don't know if it's because they just have awkward chemistry or because Melvin is lying or this guy's trying to yeah. play Melvin as kind of dumb and it's coming off as duplicious. I, I don't know. Or Matt's pushing him a little too hard. Matt is and... definitely pushing. Matt is taking Melvin for granted. Yeah. I don't like Matt pushing Melvin around. But it shows... It's for the greater good because you got you to gotta put the Punisher... You got to take him off the streets. I get it. But still, it's not a good look for him. Right. He feels a little like a bully. Yeah, and I, I like the that they're showing Melvin wearing this armor because that implies there might be more to that we're going to see of his his story here. You know, like what's what is does a day in the life of Melvin look like? Sure. Or honestly, I would think it was it's kind of cool if if they turn him into some kind of superheroic character, not full time, but if he like has to go rescue Matt at some point or save the day. I'm, or if he I'm, can have an argument, look, this is getting too dangerous for me. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. I don't, I, I can't help you anymore because I'm not in the same game you're in, and, right? And it's bleeding into my life here. And you should stop too because this is right. fucking insane. Like, is he going to get it from all sides? Like Foggy telling him to stop, the priest telling him to. Although well, the priest doesn't tell him to stop. No, the priest he says you're feeling guilt. Go out and kick some ass. Yeah, your guilt means you're not done yet. You're yeah. not kicking ass in the Lord's name yet. Uh, okay. What so you want to talk about the graveyard scene? Sure. Yeah. I I think there's a lot of good stuff going on here. It's undeniably a great performance, but there's a lot of weird flourishes in the writing that kept every time I started engaging with John Berenthal's amazing performance, mm-hmm. like he would say something weird that I don't think a marine would say, like you know, killing people never bother me. Okay, fine. But you know, my 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 buddies getting blown apart beside me never really bothered me. Like, really? <laughs> That's not what I've seen in most military yeah. fiction. Yeah, like I'm trying to think. Even the guy in a hurt locker, uh-huh. which is one of the most like, even he felt a a spree de corps with these with his 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 men. Right. I mean, that's like kind he, of instilled. He, right? he kind of have a weird way to show it sometimes, but that was there. Like to say, like if you say I, I never let it got to me, fine. But to say I never felt anything when my buddies, like buddies, <laughs> died. That's like it's. It makes Frank into this weird guy that I can't relate to. I can Is that relate what they're to going a, for? I don't know. I mean, know are they trying to make us say he's different? I, I don't know because I can relate to a guy who's hardened and toughened by war and he comes home and he's but it, but as 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 tough and strong as he is right. he can't protect his family and the he's rest devastated. of this is real compelling yeah but when he says I I can't relate to my buddy I that's really that's mm. and I don't know what a, a, a vet you know obviously I've not been in the military and I'm not a veteran but I felt like that was a false note for me as compared to other fiction military fiction I've seen yeah and also I don't know what the point of making his daughter to be kind of like. You know, I, I that that was another odd flourish to, to emphasize that his daughter wasn't crying, that she was being strong for him, and then I guess he let her down by wanting to sleep uh, instead of reading her story. Like that can I mean right. that's, on that's the, always on the night where she's killed. Like that. That's fine. Yeah. That, that's that that connects for me as a parent because like that's your sure. biggest fear. The the night you're going to say no, buddy, not tonight right. because daddy's tired is going to be the dot night that the last night. Sure, <laughs> like that's 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 shitty. Um, <laughs> right, beyond shitty. I mean, there's there's so that, much in this that connects that I, yeah, I, I'm putting a pin in the other stuff, right? Like, but that's it, what I'm saying. Like, I it constantly threatened to turn me into a rubber face clown. Uh huh. But then he'd say something. <laughs> I'm like, uh, and I get the stink face instead. I'm like, oh, okay. So like, I feel like with slightly better 
slightly better, more consistent dialogue. I, he might even gotten tears out of me, but I never yeah. could fully engage because there was just a lot of things that, again, I think John Berenthal crushed it. I think the yeah. writers let him down. They could have made a couple changes to that to make this like superior. Well, but they, they got didn't. they got tears out of Daredevil. Yeah, tears out of Matt. That, I thought that was goofy too. The tears just rolling out of his mask. You thought it was go- I thought it was kind of cool. Plus, he kept on like he's 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 sitting on his haunches. Then he sits down. Then he's reclining. Like <laughs> right, draw me like story, a French story group. time with uh, yeah. I, and every time I get cut, why that's they, a little cheesy, but I also thought like it was really effective seeing those tears roll out because the mask is there to hide all that, right? Yeah. And at this point, it can't. Like yeah. the story is so compelling that it's coming out of the mask, and you got to see it. And I. I thought it was really effective. Uh, yeah. That uh, wasn't a rubber-faced clown, but I was getting there. You rarely are. <laughs> rarely. Uh, you're stone-faced killer. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, it might be that I just never fully engaged in the scene with the problems I, I saw with it, but like every time they cut back to Matt, I thought it was a little bit silly. Okay. And mostly it's because it, it came... It's like they were daring me like with some of the poses he was taking. <laughs> you did. Okay, you didn't like the poses. No, it was too two story time. That's like like you like, know like like he's gonna read one batch, two batch to Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, make yourself comfy, man. Get your carpet square uh, out. Here's I'll your milk. You in. Here, here's here's your carton of milk and your cookies. <laughs> Can I get you your banky? Uh, you know, just really lounge into it. And then, god damn, I feel like I'm just shitting all over this episode. Why does Sergeant Mahoney? That's his name. Why does Sergeant Mahoney let Daredevil go at the end? Just because Daredevil's going to bat get totally rip so. off Batman and do the whole "you're the thing that Hell's Kitchen needs" and mm-hmm. all that. I mean, I yeah, I I think that's it. He realizes so because I don't think Sergeant Mahoney ever believed think... that Daredevil was the killer or involved in any of these killings. Really? Okay, that, that was going to be my question. Do you think that? That he maybe thought that when he was having with... the conversation with Karen and Foggy, I thought that made that pretty clear that like. The even the police are even divided about whether to punish her is a good thing or not. But everybody was on was on board with the Daredevil, right? But that, nobody knows who the Punisher is, so it's conceivable that they thought Daredevil was the Punisher. And there's nah. a lot of there, there are questions that because um, the heat, the, the Karen asks earlier in in this season about you know we we don't know that Daredevil hasn't killed. Okay, you know Car- I guess Daredevil right. hasn't killed. Oh, that we know of. But I felt so like maybe, Mahoney earlier when he's talking about the devil worshippers, he's drawing a clear line between people inspired by Daredevil, like the Punisher, right, and Daredevil himself. So I guess yeah. maybe they could have they they could have uh, they could have made a better use of convince or they could have done more dialogue to convince me that Sergeant Mahoney is on the fence about whether Daredevil is engaging in like you know resorting to killing or whatnot. But mm-hmm. I don't okay. know because then it's like. The fact that he let him go was more of a like oh, I thought you were a killer like this guy and, and I don't know they did have the dialogue earlier when Matt was in the the closet of the the bar where he says like you know you're making us cops irrelevant we're we're right. going from you know catching the bad guys to just chasing, chasing you. you yeah yeah and so I don't know uh, I don't know. It, it it worked mostly for me I I don't remember the specific dialogue and I. I'm not 100% on why he let Daredevil go, but uh, the the other things about it definitely work for That's me. the other thing. He says, I don't know what you are, but I know you ain't him, implying that he thought that he could be the Punisher, but I never got that right. until he actually said it. Right. Which is kind of where I was left, thinking that 
he might have thought the Punisher was Daredevil. And that's the thing. Like, I'm not sure if the, the writing has gone a little bit downhill from last year or the fact that I'm looking at every episode under a microscope rather than just shrugging right. and keeping on. Like, okay, next one, next one. Right. I, I don't know which is which here. It's tough to say. Uh, so now we get to the scene that you hate where everybody's at the, chilling at the bar, uh, pounding down shots with Matt and his drinking problem. Uh-huh. Uh, Laughing, having a good time, carefree. Karen's feeling bad because, you know, Reese is going to be able to turn herself into here by prosecuting this cold-blooded psychopath. And again, did you have a problem with Karen not talking about her experience at all? Her experience at the house? Yeah. Um, Like, it... I, it I'm, hadn't really occurred to me because I'm thinking, like, God damn it, they're in a bar, they're mm-hmm. drinking, Karen's enabling him, now they're going outside and they're kissing. I... That is not what was going through my head. So, no, I did not have a problem in the moment. Do I have a problem now? Maybe. Maybe. But this is not... I get the impression that they could have had a conversation already about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it doesn't matter to Daredevil, right? Because he's already put yeah. away Frank. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. This, this, was, this was the after hours version of Matt, Foggy, and, sure. and Karen. So, What do you think about Matt employing the dentist system on Carol? Or on on Karen. What did he? <laughs> well, you know, he demonstrates value by uh-huh. you know showing up to the bar and 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 uh, getting himself together to attend the funeral. He engages in physical contact. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he neglects. Starts, oh no, no, he no nur- there's one step between neglect. He nurtures her dependence and starts asking about her family. Something that she mentioned in the tie telling. It's like you know you don't know anything about me. You've never asked. You never showed interest. He's he's demonstrated interest. Uh, neck, uh, you know, is going to neglect emotionally, I think, is the next step. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, what I you... thought the moment was good here. Like, I I like them together. If Barring, you know, this possible alcoholism thing and them not talking. I like, I like how everything leads up here and how they execute it. I just didn't, I couldn't get my head out of why. It's really weird because... You know, the kissing in the rain seems like it's a superhero trope. I mean, fuck, Ben Affleck did it in Daredevil, almost right. exactly like this, except for that was like, oh, I'm going to see you for the first time because of my echolocation and all these raindrops, where it's like, uh, I feel like they're shying away from his flame vision that I thought was so fucking cool last year. Flame vision? Yeah, don't you remember how he sees the world? It's kind of like everything's on fire. Oh, okay. A little yeah, bit yeah. like, you know, Neo when he gets his second sight. Uh-huh. Um, and I felt like this is the perfect moment to do that, but they're like, oh, we can't do that because Daredevil did it. And I'm like, why are you doing it at all because Daredevil did I, it? I say do it because Daredevil did it. Yeah. Like, do it as an homage. I mean, granted, it's but a shitty movie, in, but... If you're going to do it, lean into it, man. Do it as a wink to the audience. Who knows? Like, hmm. But also kind of came off weird because Karen is clearly starting to freeze to death. She's uh-huh. literally shivering, and he's like, eh, go get a cab. Yeah, see ya. I'm out of here. <laughs> was this a metaphorical cold shower? He's like, yo, I, yeah, I'm ready for it. And then like, nah. Might have been a literal cold shower. That's what I'm like, saying. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a natural uh, cold shower. Then he comes home dripping wet and boom. Some some side piece is sitting there waiting for him. Does she uh, identify herself as Electra? He says Electra. Ah, yes, yeah. okay, because I couldn't remember. If the, I didn't give a shit if it's a spoiler or not. She's a, As you say, right. she's in the trailer. But yeah, Electra. Yeah, this scene is straight out of the trailer. So Surprise, Surprising. I was surprised that they had a previously established relationship. 
Okay. I and I don't I wonder what they're going to do from here. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Like right. this is they've not hinted at all that he's had a relationship with this sophisticated, wealthy international woman like it's never come up as a love in his life like him and foggy they've never busted balls about it like i wonder how they're going to establish this in a way that makes sense of what we know with matt so far Uh or and and how are we going to are we going to have a flashback episode uh good question because i kind of thought when i saw this in a trailer that this would be kind of late in the season where they've had something and also i was surprised with him getting into with getting into karen Mm -hmm. uh with him Engage, you know, kind of heating things up with Karen. It's like, well, how's he going to have time for another love affair? Mm, who says there's a love affair here? I Spoiler just, man. Just with the Ben Affleck movie. <laughs> and right. my, my understanding the of the classic and, Daredevil. Yeah. I mean, that's like the classic Daredevil plot line. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, I I don't know. It's, it was interesting. I thought Elektra was going to enter the picture maybe later in the season as well. Uh, I was kind of surprised. With Frank the out Punisher, of the way momentarily i think you need something to fall back on momentarily is the key because we're clearly right. not done with him vis-a-vis yeah. all these or if we are i'm going to be fucking in, in furious if, if we yeah uh, i don't know how he gets out of police custody it seems like that's going to be a little bit hard to believe but the and, and maybe he doesn't maybe it's just like you know researching the conspiracy takes matt to the next part of the season but i was kind of surprised mm-hmm. that like punisher was four episodes and and uh, taken off to, to custody. Yeah. We'll see how it goes, though. All right. Well, we got feedback. Can I just say that... It, there, feedback. There's one scene... Hold on. There's one <laughs> scene with Finn where it, it's the wake at the beginning, right? Oh. He's doing all these <laughs> pennies on the eyes thing. Sure. And he, he says... Uh, he goes over the coffin with the guy whose arm is chopped off. And he says something like, he takes my money, I get it back. Uh-huh. Implying, I think that he chopped this man's arm off this man's hand off for stealing from him that frank did no 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 that, no that finn did this this thing was handcuffed to that guy's the the briefcase full of cash was handcuffed to this guy's arm that got cut off ah that's okay. what the, the connection that makes so make. much more sense okay never mind then all right because i'm like what yeah no now what did this guy do that deserves to get his body desecrated? I don't know. Because that's the only thing is Finn seemed a bit too crazy. Like, you want to stab the across-the-seas Dawn for, yeah. you know, I don't know. I don't I don't know exactly why he did. I Just to don't establish either. his badass credentials. But the, yeah, and you're top, running shit wrong. I'm taking over. Toppling a dude's coffin whose only sin was he, got, he died and then post-mortem got his arm cut off. Uh-huh. <laughs> like... I don't know, man. Are you the type of guy I want to follow? There's a fine line between inspiring people and just making them like, you're fucking crazy. I'm not going to do Yeah. And then he's dead. I liked Finn. I thought Finn, like, he had a great line about the Irish didn't invent revenge, but we sure as fuck spent centuries perfecting it. Yeah. Pretty good. Good stuff. I like that. That's, that's excellent. I've been shitting on the writers. That was pretty good dialogue. Okay, listeners. It's late. We've had a few drinks. The soft, soft summer rain falling on our shoulders, our okay. rain slicked hair. We look at each other, passionate, shots too. passionate, passionate gazes. I said a few drinks. Okay. You got to ask yourself a question. Are you going to follow us back to the club, club.ballmove.com? Or are you going to take an Uber home? Because, you know, you could keep this ride going. We got so much extra content, extra content you've never seen. It's going to blow your mind, locked behind the club. And ad freeze. You never have to hear me get this creepy again. 
Uh, it's your choice. You can go to club.baldmove.com, or you can take the cab home. You know, well, whatever, whatever you want to do. <laughs> that's the ad. That's the ad. com. That's it's they're done. Okay. Uh, should we get to feedback now? Yeah. Daredevil at baldmove.com. If you want to send it long form, if you want to discuss it episode by episode, you can go to forums.baldmove.com. Uh, Chris A said, "Why well, I was watching episode three. This is some old business. We got to finish up first. I began to think about how similar the relationship between the Punisher and Daredevil is." The relationship between Joker and the Batman. Both the Punisher and Joker try to get Batman and the Daredevil to kill, which both heroes refuse to do for their own reasons. Obviously, the Joker is a villain, but the Punisher is more of an anti-hero. Each of their attempts to get the enemies to murder seem very similar to me. I look forward to seeing how this plays out over the course of the season and wondering what you guys think. I feel like that it's almost uh, biting on the Dark Knight at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, this whole episode feels... The last two episodes feels like a remix of The Dark Knight. Okay. Um, what do you think? Yeah. Do you have a problem with no. that? Uh, no, because I'm, I'm so like comic book lore is so foreign to me that uh-huh. it these have kind of tropey seen things. Seen the movie The Dark Knight? Yeah. Yeah, I saw all three of those. Okay, Christian, I wasn't sure if Christian you, Bale. I didn't. I I was surprised. I'm surprised you saw the third one. Huh. Huh. Okay. I. I don't know why. Because you're not you're not a comic book movie guy. I feel like I put a gun to your head and make you go to him. And well, to be fair, I didn't see him in the theaters. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> I saw him on TV afterward on like HBO or whatever. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, but, but like I said, I'm so unfamiliar with this stuff that it doesn't seem tropey to me. It seems like things to ponder. Hmm. Okay. Well, I like I said, I agree, and it, it's sometimes like I feel like other serialized. Or, or episodic dramas have done like Star Trek is infamous for taking a movie concept or something to public public culture and throwing a Star Trek veneer over it, and it's like mm-hmm. this is only and and it's I, that worked when I was a teenager, but as I got into adult and seen like the original sources, I'm like, oh, this is kind of and the kids shit does that all the time. Like you got a GI Joe sure. episode that's essentially it's easy to do that a whitewashed telling of the Godfather or something like that. It's like that's that's cheating. That's cheating yeah. when you take the Godfather, make it into G.I. Joe, and give it to six- and seven-year-olds and blow their minds, man. That's dirty pool. Uh, Dan from- yeah, but at some point, like, there is no story that hasn't been told already. Like, what do you do that's, that's new true. and original? Like, Also fair point. Do you just stop making new stuff? No. Also fair not. point. Uh, Dan from Manchester says, You mentioned in episode one cast that Sepinwall had said that he found Daredevil and Matt Murdock quite dull, and the f- show only really works because the other key players are Fisk and the Punisher. I find that be kind of a redundant point. The post-origin story of any superhero is dull without other characters in his journey. Batman, excuse me, Batman without the Joker, the Avengers without each other, and Superman without, well, Superman, is just dull regardless. <laughs> Wait. Uh... I think there's a comma that's supposed to be there. Superman with that Superman is, well, Superman is just dull regardless. Ah. This even extends to something like Saul without Mike or Walt without Jesse. No other, no one character is really entertaining enough without other interesting people around him. Plus, it's more noticeable because it's a series rather than a jam-packed feature film. Um, I think that there are exceptions, like... Wolverine is a great example of a character whose origin story uh, is murky, maybe even unknown or unknowable, and his journey of self-discovery is the point of his character. And his struggle against okay. his humanity and his bestial nature is is the point. So I don't know that it's true that 
all superheroes uh, are only interesting in their origin story. Um, it's definitely, but, but it is something that that they lean on a lot. I, I do see his point, but certainly. I also feel like that's more of a DC problem uh-huh. because DC has got the you know myth mythologically archetypal characters, the gods among men. And Marvel has always been about kind of normal people forced into extreme circumstances. And they say, you know, Peter Parker famously was a nerd and he had girl problems and money problems. And, you know, but he's also this powerful Superman guy, Spider-Man guy. So then you got the Iron Man's and the Thor's. Yeah, Iron Man's got a drug addiction or drinking problem. Like they've always had like Thor. I don't know. Like maybe Thor's got his own problems. He he runs out of Pantene. He's got a hammer related problems. I'm sure. (laughs) Sure. His flowing locks just are not not behaving themselves. It's the humidity, humidity, atmospheric conditions affecting his frizzy hair is what what his uh, he struggles against. But you know, if you go down the line, most of the Marvel characters have a little bit more to them, and I just assume you know Daredevil, especially a guy who's a, a blind man who's in near constant pain because he's essentially just his his superpower other than echolocation is getting the shit beat out of him and getting back up. Mm-hmm. That seems like a rich vein that you could mine. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, I mean, they superhero stories do lean on their super villains. I mean, and a lot of times it's the play between the two. But more to Dan's point is, I reject that Matt is dull. Like I like Matt, yeah, I and just... I like super. I don't. I don't. I mean, maybe I need to see more of it before he starts to turn into a vat of tapioca pudding. But I find him interesting and compelling. And the storyline they're going with right now isn't like, oh, it's him versus the Punisher or him versus Fisk or anything like that. It's him versus the the city and the the mission that he set out to accomplish, right? Like, how does he accomplish his mission without creating bad guys, without creating copycats, without, like, ruining the city that he's trying to to preserve, right? Yeah. Or trying to clean. Yeah. And I, I think that's the interesting angle here. Okay. Uh, we have a sneak attack of Law Talk. Okay. D- Doug, Doug L. swoops in from the rooftops and says, I hadn't planned on providing legal advice on the show, but since you talked about it, yes, the shit the DA pulled using Grotto as bait is most definitely wrongful. There is a doctrine <laughs> called state-created danger doctrine. I love I, that. I couldn't imagine it not being. I love that this has happened enough in history that there's a legal doctrine around it. Yeah. Uh, state officials can be liable for the acts of third parties uh, when the following occur. If you can demonstrate that the, the state entity being charged created the danger or increased the plaintiff's vulnerability to the danger, uh, two, the plaintiff was a member of a limited and specifically di- definable group, um, which I think that means they're a person instead of like a group that maybe sort of had their risk thing. Okay. You know, like, like a class action. Like danger. you can't sue a state ran nuclear power facility if it blows up and irradiates, or maybe you can, but it's definitely a lot murkier than when you put a guy in. It's, in a, it's a different law that governs that. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, Defendant's conduct put plaintiff at a substantial risk of serious, immediate, and proximate harm. So far, check, check, check. Yep. Four, the risk was obvious or known. Check. Five, the yep. defendant acted recklessly in conscious disregard of that risk. Check. And six, such conduct, when viewed in totality, is conscious shocking. Co- conscious shocking. Yeah, like an average person would be like, oh my God, a district attorney did that? Right. I think we got check, I, I, check. I check that. Now, do all of those things have to be met, or any number of those things? I, I believe the the um, that you must demonstrate all six. Jesus, so seems like a 
Seems like a lot of state-built protections. <laughs> well, you would <laughs> you would imagine law. that uh, because the police do entrapment that uh-huh. you know all the time. Well, not entrapment. The thing that's like entrapment, but is not entrapment. <laughs> right. Uh, it says, not only would the DA be liable under its doctrine, the individual DA herself could be disbarred for lying to Nelson and Murdoch about their highly dangerous scheme. Um, as for who could bring the lawsuit, even if Grotto had no family that could be located, his estate could pursue the claim on his behalf, which I, I think you said last episode, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what his estate would be in this case, though. Well, he made the point. I have nobody. I have nothing. Uh, oh, I guess his lawyers, because he says, frankly, if Nelson and Murdoch can't get that case, it would be a shame because it would probably be fairly lucrative. Not only is it wrong in a civil sense, the DA herself could probably be prosecuted for reckless endangerment to human life using an unwitting person as bait for the Punisher would probably get her significant jail time. I would think. I would hope. Do you think the show is going to actually touch on that, or is it just going to be glossed over? Glossed over. All right. Well, you know. Gra- I mean, Grotto's dead. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, they'll get they'll get the DA on something else, right? Do you think that the DA is going to be an ongoing danger to the firm, though? Because that's what yeah. I'm like... Oh, I think it's they're going to butt heads more this season. I don't think they're done with the DA. Okay. Because I felt like maybe this would be something they could use to make the DA back off. Like, mm. hey, we've always got this grotto thing we can f- smack you up this side of the head with. Right, but they have to prove all those points, and that's not easy. Uh, Sean B., because I was making jokes about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Daredevil being in the same universe, he he uh, sent a cracked article that I'm going to post in the show notes. That That's an explicit connection. What? 20 years after the Daredevil comic started, after his origin story of the truck swerving and the chemicals in his eye, all that, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were started by a truck swerving. Oh, my God. And a man crossing the street and getting... getting (laughs) No, no, and the the chemicals blinded the man. It's an unnamed man, but he's clearly established. And they they did the angle exactly as it was in the comics, which is the other side of it. Uh So in the official Ninja Turtle lore, is the same accident that blinded Matt and gave him his superpowers also mutated the turtles into their ninja teenage... Holy shit. ...forms. So that's amazing. It could be that this hand foot shit is more winking back right back at him. What if we just see the foot later, like the the foot clan? Or maybe the the leader of the hand looks exactly like Shredder. Uh huh. I mean, <laughs> I was biased. Is Krang out of the question? <laughs> uh, that's, could Wilson that's, Fisk that's a become... Defender movie? They're wait, okay. they're saving Krang for the Defender movie. Yeah. And I, I can't wait because I got a pretty killer Shrang, a Krang impersonation. <laughs> Perfect. I, I'm not going to use it now. But, Save it. But Save I, that I, I've got it in my back pocket. Uh, Nathan uh, at King's Landing uh, says, This episode proves how wasted Burnthal was on The Walking Dead. Holy shit, was that graveyard scene great. That's a good question. Like, we gave... I don't know that he was super wasted, honestly. Like, the writing wasn't great, but his performances were always amazing. But that's what I'm saying. Like, Matt, you... Replace Burnthal with anybody else in opposition of, of Rick in that triangle, and that thing blows the fuck apart. Right. It's terrible. Yeah, like he elevated it with just his yeah. charisma and magnetism. Screaming, what and is insanity. this? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, yeah. I've always liked John Burnthal, even in The Walking Dead. I thought he was great. Yep. Uh, in fact, we if you remember, we argued that he should be leader of the group. Like, we were like... Oh, yeah, we were on his side as far as tactics go. Yeah. Like, Rick just not getting it done. Shane's going to do his job much better. If you're writing survival guides, you are pro-Shane a lot of times in early going. Because yeah. he got it. Like, he's 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 arguably already where season six Rick is now. Right. If he were just a little less rapey. 
Yeah, I, I think he'd be a great character. Can't can't uh, can't get on with the social policy. No, but his uh, foreign uh, zombie policy was pretty strong. Uh, Dimmick says the monologue was a stunning piece of acting. John Barenthal took his time and let it breathe, so the emotion could steep, and the little breaks in his voice, both when he's conveying joy and regret, totally killed me. On the other hand. I really hated the whole Karen Page P.I. segment. Seriously, this dude almost shot you dead a few days ago, and you go off sniffing around his house alone? Literally, no one would do that. Karen apparently would. It didn't bother me that she did all these things, that that she did the P.I. It bothered me that kind of how, again, I feel like the writers are on all of our heroes' sides, and I shouldn't ever feel that way. But I feel like Karen would be the kind of plucky person who, I mean, she's she went after the Kingpin's mom. That's, yeah, that was the... foolhardy and crazy too. It's true. She got her she got a reporter friend killed last season because I mean, she does rash, inadvisable things, and the only reason she doesn't get away with it is because she doesn't have super hearing. I mean, yeah, where the hell's Foggy during all this? Hmm. Like, why not have Foggy snoop around with her too? Like, I get Daredevil's out doing his thing, and Matt's a non-entity in this whole law firm at this point, but... You're right. What was Foggy doing? Nothing, as far as I know. He wasn't making Nothing we saw. Yeah, he wasn't making time to Night Nurse. That was last episode. Yeah. Hmm. He wasn't threatening uh, the dogs of hell. He's off uh, being Foggy. I guess. Making time with the bimbo lawyer. He's he's drinking the eel. (laughs) Foggy's the one with the real drinking problem. He's on an eel binge, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Unread from Australia said, There was a tiny reunion of the Pacific cast in this episode. John Bernthal and the guy who stabbed him in the neck with a syringe played Marine Buddies in that series. So it was interesting to see them in these very different roles. I found it quite amusing. Never seen the Pacific. Never even heard of it. It's the... you Really? It's uh-uh. the HBO series. It's the counterpart to Band of Brothers. It's the Pacific theater huh. versus the... Oh, oh, no, you told me about that. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I've never checked it out. So. We're going to have to see that before the new... Isn't it tank-based? There's 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 another Tom Hanks Spielberg HBO collaboration oh about World God. War Two coming down the pike. Okay, and I thought this one was about tank guys rather than infantrymen or okay. paratroopers. I guess as Band of Brothers sounds um, interesting. We need to yeah, we'll have to watch the Pacific before that happens. Uh, Frack and T, because who knows we might get spoiled. I, I don't want to know how it ends. You know, like <laughs> I'm on pins and needles about Hitler <laughs> right. and the, uh, the Emperor of Japan. Uh, yeah. Frack and T. All I know is they saved Private Ryan. Sure, sure. That's all I can well. say for sure. Don't spo- <laughs> I don't want any spoilers. Right. Uh, Frack and T says, uh, I guess Mel- Nelson and Murdoch are going to represent Frank now. It's a smart way to go to take Punisher off the streets but keep him in the story. That way we can move into the main part of the story, learn more about him in the middle of the season, and unleash him in the end to kind of sort of team up with Daredevil against a Yakuza. What do you think about Nelson and Murdoch representing the Punisher? Okay. Okay. How do they I do don't that know legally? That, and I don't know that Matt would do that in good conscience. Because Frank killed a shitload of people. Yeah. Now, if he brings the people who, like, you know, again, there's this gunshot thing and there's these faceless goons. If he sheds light on that and the DA corruption, I guess I would argue that's representing the Punisher and what he stood for. But it's not. I don't know. There's no way he gets Frank out of jail. Fuck no. No. I mean, unless there just isn't evidence to convict him, but my God, but, I but, think the but evidence Matt is abundance. Do it. Matt wouldn't do right. it. Matt thinks he belongs in jail. Yeah. Uh, he needs to be off the streets. But I like I like where you're thinking, and obviously... But as far as unleashing the Punisher at the end, yeah, I, I would love that. 
Like them, like I said last episode. What if Fisk... them coming at this problem from opposite sides might be interesting? Because like Fisk is in jail still, yeah. As far as we know, it would make sense they'd be held, they'd be held in the same maximum security facility. Uh-huh. And we've also we've long said that it makes sense if if Kingpin gets let loose too. What if there is like the, the Kingpin engineers like a prison break that Frank just takes advantage of? Could be. Like I do that. believe that, that Fisk would have the means. Sure. And the motive. There you go. Convict <laughs> right. the man. Uh, Adobo said, uh, Matt, brah, I think you could have skipped dinner. He's talking about Matt's uh, game. He's like, uh, he, he, invite, he goes for dinner when he could have just closed right then and there. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. No coffee for him, for, for him I, next I think, episode. I think he's right. Yeah. I, Karen, yeah. No, Totally. Kissing in the rain, you're you're yeah. you're sliding in the home. You just you just pulled up That's and let a... the guy tag you out, man. <laughs> For sure. Um, Shays, I think the episode shows the. Do you think, oh, man? One of my most annoying tropes is when the hero just is too virtuous. Like it's almost like this uh, sex is a shameful thing. Like you know, is like is it a point that Daredevil doesn't fuck on a first date? Is that supposed to be like a morally upstanding? thing that i'm supposed to applaud like is he just a nice guy is that what they're telling me that i think like, I, I think there's a difference between establishing like so i had a huge problem with this in deadpool hmm. where deadpool they didn't ever show the the relationship between marina backer and ryan reynolds deepening all they showed me was a year-long was a, sex it binge a, it was just a fucking yeah and that to me doesn't say love um yeah, i think they I, run the risk there of you know being a little too liberal with with the sex stuff uh also confusing it for this is not a real relationship. Fair point, because I also don't want to make the inverse point that if you're not fucking on the first date, you're don't have a, you know it's like that's it's it's whatever pace you want to go. Right, but they also they need to show the emotional connection there. Sure, and if they don't, and if they just jump in the sack, and that's all they show, mm-hmm. I I never feel that. And then, and also, it's true enough that it's probably something you want to really carefully consider about whether you want to start an office romance with your that's office true. assistant. Yeah. Who so foggy? Maybe take it slow. <laughs> foggy had feelings for Karen last season, yeah. But he got shafted. But he seems like sure well, it's mad. I'm foggy and he's mad. <laughs> and now I know he's the daredevil, so I'm just going to be happy for him. He seems like he's happy for him. Like him excusing himself at the end of the night was yeah. to open the door for Matt to make his move. Yeah. He, I, I get that. There's a little bit of like. Damn, I wish that was me still in that, you know? It, it's not like he's it's not all... entirely devoid of Rue. There's some Rufulness yeah, there. Yeah, but you're right. He is. He's come to an understanding of it. He's uh, he's willing to step aside. Plus, he's seen Rosario Dawson. He's going to try, you know, clearly... Plus, ma- he's seen every woman on the planet. He's about to, <laughs> to swoop in on all of them. I don't yeah. know. I-, I like him with the bimbo lawyer. I call her a bimbo lawyer just because that's what she looks like. She's and that's what she... smart, and, and she also had, a, it turns out, a conscience, which... Well, bimbo as in the, like, uh, uh, she's willing to sell out sort of No, thing, bimbo right? like, in that, like, the fuck me pumps and the yeah. fuck me blouse. Because and... that's what she's playing up, and, and you get yeah. the impression that she's more than that, and that maybe in the past she was a lot more than that, Yeah, um, specifically to Foggy, but... But she's kind of sold yeah. out for her career. Right, I don't... I don't have a huge problem with them. I want to. I want to meet this redhead. I don't know who he's talking about, but well, apparently there's he, a thing. That's, that, like that's a right. I that's... I know he's not going to get a second date, but I, yeah. I want to see what moves Foggy is making. 
Okay. You know, in, in the love life area. Foggy and, needs his own thing going on. He does. He can't just he be does. in Matt's orbit at, because that'll be that'll get old quick. I agree. Uh anyway. What were we talking? Where are we at? Oh yeah, Shays. Uh I think this episode shows the limitation that the Netflix model has with this artistic medium. In order to promote binge watching, they've moved to include cliffhangers at the end of almost every single episode. While I'm typically okay with this for the most part, when it comes to Daredevil, I would really have loved to see. Wait, God, I am butchering the readings. Is this from last episode or this one? Because I didn't episode. see the cliffhanger. Uh, here. Y- y- there is one. Wait till we get there. Okay. While I'm typically okay with this, comma for the most part, comma when it comes to Daredevil, period. I really would have loved to see this episode end after the kiss at the end to let the series breathe for a moment. Between the graveyard scene and hinting at the bar that the crew is probably going to defend Frank, they had enough momentum to get me to turn to the next episode. I guess I'd missed the whole the crew's going to defend Frank business. That was in there? Yeah. I, I fucking missed it, too. I mean, the fracking and uh, Shays are saying it, so there must be something to it. it. Is it? Okay. I fall into this trap a lot. I fell into this trap last ep- last episode with Foggy and Claire and this whole, like, what, are, what the fuck are they talking about during the scene I really hate? I fell into that trap during the bar scene here uh, where they could have been saying anything. They could have been saying the president just died and but Frank busted so, out of prison. But you were so upset with the, circum- the actual I, scene itself. With them not having the, the conversation they need to have that, you that I check tuned out. out the rest of it. And I'm like, why? what is happening? Why are they not doing this? And I get lost in it. So okay. maybe it was during that scene, but... Right on. Uh, anyway, th- between these various scenes, they had enough momentum to get me to turn to the next episode. Instead, they decided to double down even further and introduce Electra at the very end. I hope over time that Netflix is able to see this slight flaw and allow some of their more powerful episodes to end in statements instead of ending on questions. Oh, I guess that's a cliffhanger? Well, I guess yeah, I, I would not. I, think so. I would call it a teaser more than a cliffhanger. But but, that, but I guess it's essentially a, a thing to pull you into the next episode. Like, right? Is can Netflix not end the thing with like a coda instead of a tease for next time? Like, what if we have Electra being the teaser, the cold open for next episode? Sure. Is and that, it makes you wonder why they make the decisions they make in the writers' room. Is it to play to the binge watching crowd? Is it to pull? Is it like he said to pull you into the next episode uh, and keep that momentum up so that you continue to binge, or is it just the writers saying this works for storytelling? Yeah, I don't know. How I much of it is format versus, versus versus story? It's just like you know when we're talking, we're arguing about uh, the motivations with the drinking and all that. It's like I'd feel more confident about that if I thought that that was definitely going on in the writers' room instead of me just spinning fan cannon to make it better um i don't know what they're right what they're um you know because this is entirely new team that's running the show i don't know what their sensibilities are and it's an entirely new platform it's a new new medium for all intents and purposes binge watching was never a thing before netflix yeah i mean you could do it with dvds but that was way after the fact yeah so like how much of tv production is taking that into consideration it's, it's like they're specifically dis- at netflix they're discovering all the old serial you know lies drama tricks of like you know orphan annie's tied up to a but a in log fast that's forward. about to be it's about to be in like tune in next time kids to see how she gets, right know, it's and, not like we need to get him in here next week we need to get him in here 
next yes. second. It's two o'clock in the morning, motherfucker. You're going in late to work, right? Because we own your ass, and it's sitting in his couch. Yeah. And you know that they have the data on when people stop sure. watching. Uh, we talked about that with like, yeah, where where the highs of the series come, yeah, where the action scenes are set, like where are the break, where are the disengagement points where people are right. like, you got to get them by this episode or they're out. Yeah, and I feel like they're really hitting that because all of these fight scenes, like every episode, has had a pretty major fight scene so but far. yet it doesn't feel forced yet no 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 i'm not okay. saying that I'm, I'm just saying you can tell like they're trying to keep momentum up in in the physical like action angle too okay all right well that's all we got for feedback for this episode we'll be back uh whatever day we're going to be back uh, you don't have to wait long there's every monday tuesday every monday wednesday friday we have releases on this yeah uh, if you'd like to send more feedback, daredevil at baldmove.com or forums.baldmove.com where you can join in the discussion. Uh, that's all we got. We'll see you next time. Bye.